Aloha. Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you're new, welcome. I had purchased a book off of Deseret Books. It's the General Conference Addresses, the journal edition. And I've been studying out the conference talks from this last conference in April. One talk that struck me in particular was given by our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, in the Sunday morning session. And it's titled, Christ is Risen, Faith in Him Will Move Mountains. I wanted to talk about this talk a little bit because I find more and more often as we continue to move forward in these latter days, that um, everything just seems to be about faith. All that I do, all the studying, when I teach classes, any uh, calling that I fulfill always requires faith. When I do my journaling in the morning and I'm studying the scriptures, um, it always comes down to faith. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that is because nothing happens miraculously in our lives without faith. And we need to have faith in Jesus Christ in order to move those mountains in our lives. So this week has been, you know, in my family, there's always challenges and and trials and things going on. And I'm sure that our family is not any different than any other family. Um, And what you guys go through as well. We may have different problems, but we all certainly are getting our fair share of trials. Some are meant to refine us and some are meant to distract us. Um, what I'm always looking to do is to minimize the trials and hardships the best I can, especially sometimes the drama that can unfold um, during or following a trial and a hardship. And staying true to the podcast and sharing of myself and how I use the gospel gospel to reconcile the heart in my life. Um, this week has been challenging in the sense that uh, we've been very, very busy. It's the end of the school year. And my husband's a teacher. So there's been a lot of things going on as far as being able to um, grade and get ready for the next year. They have a new book. Um, there's new resources. They're doing things a little bit differently now that we've been online for a year when they go back in class. Um, they want to make some changes. And uh, then, of course, the finals have come up. And I always uh, do my best to help him because there is a lot required of teachers, um, both during the hours that they work and after hours. Uh, so we've been busy doing that. But I think also, too, as I'm constantly busy with the family, And I do believe that most of that stems from the fact that um, I'm very involved with my family. I don't work. Um, We caregive, of course, for my husband's father. And um, then we have our own issues here. And mental illness is very prevalent in our home. And um, between my husband and my son and even myself, I've been battling depression these last two weeks. Um, It takes up a lot of time because we are fighting the good fight. And honestly, the challenges that we have, I always believe that the Lord knows exactly what to put into our lives to keep us on that straight and narrow path, holding on to the iron rod. 
Um, that path I'm realizing more and more as I get older and, and understand and learn more about the gospel, how narrow that path really is, because it is going to be the noble ones, the ones that are chosen and accept the calling that are going to return into the highest degree of glory. And that is celestial kingdom, celestial glory. Um, and so I have to work very hard at trying to stay on that straight and narrow path, especially because I just have things that kind of rear its ugly head in my life. Um, old bad habits that tend to creep, creep up, uh, when the going gets tough and it seems like it's always tough. Um, so I'm actually starting to attend the, um, addiction recovery class tonight that is held over zoom. So what I need is I need to hear from other people and how they're managing to stay true to the gospel, to overcome these, um, these, just these desires and these fallback things that we tend to do. Um, that oftentimes seems like it can make things easier, but that's the thing with addiction is that it's not always easier. As a matter of fact, most of the time it's not, it makes things worse. And so I just need to hear from other members who, um, are doing their best to continue to stay true blue to the gospel and, um, how they're handling and overcoming their addictions. And, you know, addictions can come in so many different forms, whether it's sexual addiction, you know, pornography, um, drug addiction, prescription addiction, uh, there's alcoholism. Um, and I pretty much deal with, it seems like I've had problems in every area. Um, and as I reflect on my life, I can often think to myself, you know, why, why did I have to go through so much? Why did I have to develop all of these unhealthy habits to deal with my life as a kid so that when I became an adult, what I did is I robbed myself of the ability to um, self-soothe, to be able to handle things without chemicals. And um, here I am, 48 years old, and I still struggle, especially when we go out to Mexican restaurants and I see people drinking margaritas and Um, You know, I miss kind of the fun nature that can happen when you go out in groups and you're drinking, but I don't want to be that way. I don't want to have that kind of lifestyle. And for me, it was very unhappy, um, especially because in my family, on my dad's side, alcoholism runs in the family and we all tend to be very mean drunks. And I do not want to be that person ever again. But um, like I said, sometimes it can seem very appealing, especially when I feel like everything around me is just falling down around my ears. And it can be so frustrating from my husband to my children, um, to finances, to my father-in-law and my parents, to, you know, my brothers and my nephews and nieces. And it's just, it just gets to be too much. Um, even what's going on in the world and the continued, you know, we were supposed to here in California have the mask mandate drop on June 15th. And our governor has decided to go ahead and retain his emergency control over the state. And um, we're not having that dropped. And it's very frustrating because we work out, we go to the gym, 
Um, nobody likes to push weights while you have a mask on, especially doing cardiovascular work. And it's just frustrating all the way around. We would love to be able to go to church and not wear a mask, um, to be able to sing to, um, I can't tell you how many times I've run somewhere and forgotten a mask and had to get back in my car and run home just to get a mask. And it's so irritating and frustrating. And all of these things can seem like such a major, massive, big deal, when you've already got so much other stuff that you're dealing with. Um, and so for me, I don't know, I'd like to believe that I don't lack strength of character or of conviction, but sometimes I often feel like I'm very, very weak, um, that when the going gets tough, I crumble and yet I try so hard and I work so hard in the gospel you know, you have to really live after the manner of happiness as it teaches in one Nephi in the Book of Mormon. Um, what you want life to be, you have to make that happen. And the things that you choose to engage in is going to be part of that big picture and how your life is going to unfold. So um, yesterday we had a family situation that I wasn't aware of until this morning. As I'm out here in Ventura taking care of my family here and the things that are going on here and my father-in-law. Um like I mentioned before, I have my younger brother that moved in here. We're just trying to help him out as he's emerging from a divorce and kind of had to restart his life. And it's been a blessing to our life to have him in the home. But we live in a very small home, you know, here in Southern California, especially in the beach areas and the beach towns, our homes are small unless you're a millionaire. And um, we're all kind of packed into this house we make it work but sometimes it can be very frustrating and so if you put all of those random pieces together uh, sometimes I can feel like you know I just can't do this anymore this is just too much it's too much responsibility you're asking too much of me and I just don't have the ability to do this anymore I don't have the strength and I'm done I'm so over it I need a break now, for me personally, I love my husband. He's a wonderful, wonderful husband. But because of his mental illness and the taskmaster of the OCD, it can be overwhelming for me and it can be too much. Um, oftentimes, I feel like I can be more of a caregiver or mother versus a wife because when he's really going through the throes of his mental illness, it's it has to take center stage and there's nothing that can be done about it. And so I have to do the best I can to um, try to make the needed adjustments and changes to just put our head down and get through it the best that we can without torpedoing everything that we have built um, together in our lives. So uh, yesterday, um, my younger brother, who is 40 years old, I think he's 41 now, he lives at home with my parents. And one of the biggest reasons why he continues to live there is because they need um, help to maintain what they've acquired in life as they've retired and they're on a fixed income. And so he um, chips in financially to help maintain the home and pay the mortgage and whatever bills are there. But he's also there to uh, watch over my mom. You know, I've mentioned this before in my history and my life growing up is our home was um, volatile and um, abusive. My dad being a uh, Marine, um, kind of ran the household like we were in the military. 
and the five of us kids that didn't work out so well. Um, he didn't really deal with the stress and the pressures that children will bring into a family or even into a marriage very well. And uh, so he often lashed out physically, um, not so much me, but on the boys and sometimes even my mom. Now, when I was 16 years old, my dad somehow, some way, um, through his faith and meeting with the state president, was able to make much needed changes and become the uh, father and husband that we needed him to be. Um, you know, of course, it's not perfect, but uh, it was enough for us to be able to finally put that in the past, forgive and do our best to just let it go. But every once in a while, it rears its ugly head. There's just something about his bitter cup, his trial that he has to endure here. Um, and that has to do a lot with his, uh, his temper and his right now, his inability to handle his health issues. Um, some of us can handle health issues and we see it for what it is. Remain faithful. We'll struggle from time to time. But um, like my father-in-law, we can use our faith to find that strength to push forward and to persevere and hopefully prevail. Um, my dad, unfortunately, does not have that ability within himself. And so his anxiety has been very prevalent for the last year as his health continues to deteriorate. And anybody who deals with anxiety, and of course that comes in varying levels of intensity, um, somebody who has extreme anxiety can really affect the home. And right now there's my 14 year old nephew that lives there. Of course, my mom and my brother. And so there was an issue that happened last night. There was a big blow up at the house. There were some things thrown across the house at each other. And, um, you know, he's just kind of terrorizing the people that live there. And, um, on one hand, I hate sharing this because I love my dad and I'm very protective of my family. But on the other hand, like I said, I want to stay true to the premise of the podcast and um, share with you my experiences and how I use the gospel to reconcile these hard things in my life. I was devastated when I got this phone call from my, my brother this morning and he told me what happened, the things that were said, um, you know, the physical altercations that happened. And, um, oftentimes I find myself, you know, he's 81 years old. How can he still be doing this? Um, I think too, because I grew up in a home that was volatile and, um, because of the years of the sexual abuse too, how I emerged out of that is I just became this fighter. I don't know how else to describe it, but I became a fighter and I remember telling myself at a young age after witnessing my dad and how he was treating my siblings and mom that if a man ever um, put his hands on me that I would essentially just beat the holy crud out of him. And as I'm saying this, I can't believe I'm saying this because it just shows how dysfunctional our family was. And yet we have so much that's good about our family too. Um, and sometimes I can't make sense of that with my mind, but the spirit always helps me make sense of that and helps me to prioritize and put everything in order. Uh, Cause I know that um, Christ does not want me to use this 
to not have a relationship with my dad. Um, but at the same time, you know, my experience is different from other people's experiences. And so the only advice I can give is go with the spirit, pray about it, you know, talk to heavenly father who is going to be the origin, the person that you go to, to receive revelation, inspiration, and guidance. And, um, when I pray about my dad and my relationship with him, I never, ever get the sense that I'm supposed to, uh, cut him off whatsoever, but I do get a very strong sense that I need to establish boundaries. And so that's what I've worked very hard at doing with him in the last few months. Um, but this morning it was, it was tough. It was really hard because there's a lot of worries for my mom and her safety. Um, there's a lot of worries for my nephew. You know, it's like, are we really going to pass this on to another generation? Um, and I worry about my brother. I know what it's like to be a caregiver and to constantly put yourself to the side. And um, burning your candle at both ends never works. And uh, so there's a lot of worries there. Um, and then, of course, I deal with anger as well. Um, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Um, my father, who is a mountain of faith, who I grew up having, you know, from 16 on these wonderful spiritual conversations throughout my whole life, who has given me some of the greatest wisdom, who has spent decades working in the temple and to see him this way now in his life is just utterly shocking after he made so many changes and for a long time, he has been able to be the kind of father, husband, and grandfather that we need. Um, we've always turned to him as the patriarch of our family. So to have this happen is very devastating for our family. And personally, um, as the only girl in the family and the only daughter, it has been very hard on our relationship. And uh, uh, I'm trying to make sure that I can maintain some sort of um, understanding and mercy his way, but it's really hard, um, to give that to him because I know that he knows better. And I, my main concern is my brother, my mom, and my nephew. Um, and yet after calling their Bishop and talking to him, um, and asking for help, at least making sure that he knows and he's aware of what's going on. We have wonderful bishops, um, that's been my experience only as one it's with wonderful bishops, whether it's here or Fresno, the bishops have been excellent. And, uh, when I prayed, I was out and about, I was at a business when all this was going on and I was getting this information and I stopped and I walked outside and I said a silent prayer and asked heavenly father, whether or not I should make this move and call their bishop. And my hesitancy was, is, if my dad finds out, what is he going to do and how, what are the consequences going to be? And I got the impression that I needed to call the bishop. And so I did. He remembered me. We had a great conversation. And actually, because I talked to him, he was able to finally connect the dots because my mom had reached out to him last summer. Um, recently, he had interviewed my nephew for his patriarchal blessing and um, so now he was able to connect some dots and I think he's going to be able to um, help my dad. He um, is very close with my dad. Um, they have a very good relationship and um, I trust this bishop to 
do what needs to be done and be spiritually led to help my family in Fresno. So again, I share these things because I'm just wanting to be super open, super genuine, super real. Um, And how have I chosen to handle this? Well, once I got past the anger with my dad, I, I go to my husband. My husband has a wealth of um, patience and he's very um, merciful. He is not somebody who flies off the handle and gets angry quickly. Um, he actually is very compassionate and empathetic to people that have issues. And that's what he identified very quickly with my dad. Um, I trust the bishop and I trust the structure and the order of God's kingdom here on earth. I trust my savior that he knows exactly what's going on. And, um, I trust God. So preparing for the episode today and reading this talk given by president Nelson, Christ is risen. Faith in him will move mountains has really kind of helped healed me. And um, I just hope that anything that I share today will help edify, uplift, and help you figure out how to use the gospel in your life to reconcile the very hard and the difficult trials that we face. That is the nature of this experience here on earth. Um, And my greatest desire is to help you not only maintain the faith ground that you've acquired, but also to help you grow it. So, um, that is my greatest desire is that the spirit can talk to your heart and mind and help you to understand whatever you need to understand, whatever message you need for today, that something can be shared that will strike your heart, that will give you hope, that will help you to be able to reconcile the issues that you've got going on in your life. And, um, this is what I have chosen to do is to use the gospel and to use my faith. I like the pictures of, uh, you know, when they always talk about how we armor ourselves up. Um, there's a picture of a young boy. It's like a animated picture and he's got all of the armor of God on and it explains each piece, what each piece does. And I'm grateful for that because what I've learned is that our faith can be used defensively and offensively. So I've chosen to use my faith, um, remembering that it only needs to be the size of a mustard seed. That's it. I mean, if you really look and Google the size of a mustard seed and we're told in the scriptures that it can move mountains. And I believe that I truly believe that with my whole heart. And so I give it over to the Lord. I know I trust the scriptures when he talks about how he's going to share his yoke with us and that um, he truly will take this on and he already knows how it's going to wash out anyways and he'll guide us through this you know experience in this troubling time and I hope that it'll be beneficial for us all. Um, So turning back to this talk some of the things that really I picked up on that President Nelson had shared is um, first of all that the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ are for every race, language, and people, that the church of Jesus Christ is a global church, and Jesus Christ is our leader. 
And this is so comforting, especially when right now, everything is just so divisive from the way we do our hair to cultural appropriation to, um, you know, sexual orientation to skin color to religious beliefs to, it's like we're looking for ways to constantly divide ourselves. And um, Christ's kingdom, Christ's gospel will always teach us to be unified to be unified in our faith and our belief and that this gospel, the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ truly are for everyone. No matter where you live, no matter what you've done, the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ are available to all. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is exactly what is needed in this world that quite frankly is very contentious it certainly is weary i'm weary i feel like sometimes i'm so tired from living and enduring and trying to do everything that god's asked me to do because that journey of being obedient what should be honestly paradisical in my opinion is not because everything that we do when we follow the Savior is completely contrary and opposite of the world. So oftentimes it can feel like it's an uphill battle. Um, and the world is very confusing. And so I always find solace and comfort in knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ, as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, His church here on earth, will always give me the truth and will always clarify right from wrong. Faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation of all belief and the conduit of divine power. Have you ever really considered your faith in Jesus Christ being a conduit of divine power? I've heard people give blessings and we've had plenty of priesthood blessings here in our family. And they always say, predicated upon your faith in Jesus Christ. As time has gone on, I have come to understand that it's always all about our faith. Our faith in the Savior. Our faith in the atonement. Our faith in the commandments and the teachings. It's always all about faith. Um, God's children, you and I, we all deserve the opportunity to hear and accept the healing, redeeming message of Jesus Christ. There's no other message that is more vital to our happiness now and forever. Uh, this message is filled with hope. And this is a sure hope. There's no other message that can eliminate contention in our society than the, mes the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the missionaries, their guts and their courage, their bravery. Um, also, their innocence. I love the spirit that they carry with them. This afternoon, we had the missionaries here in our home. Um, we had a recent uh, convert come with them, and we were going over a lesson about the apostasy and uh, the vital role of the Book of Mormon in the Restoration. And, you know, no matter how young these sisters and brothers are, they truly have been set apart by the power of priesthood to come out and fulfill these mission callings. The spirit that they carry with them is a giant. And the things that come from their mouths, I mean, the things that they say, 
you just feel you can feel to the very core of your being the truthfulness and the power of what they're saying and I'm grateful for the spirit that tends to us that fills our home and teaches us and confirms these truths everything good in life every potential blessing of eternal significance begins with faith we need to allow God to prevail in our lives and that begins with faith so when we talk about prevail prevail means victory to conquer um and we want god to prevail in our lives we want him to be victorious in our lives and then of course we have true repentance which begins with faith as well you know how can you repent if you don't believe in jesus christ and the power that he has given through the infinite atonement to cleanse heal and strengthen us it's our faith that must be exercised to receive true repentance and we all know that faith precedes the miracle the prophet moroni declared deny not the power of god for he worketh by power according to the faith of the children of men it is our faith that unlocks the power of god in our lives do i have faith great enough to do this i often ask myself this question um and i like what elder ukdor said in the last few years he gave a talk and he said if you have a problem with faith or if you lack faith then believe be believing when you approach the gospel and you're having a faith crisis Um are you reading from the good books to nourish your faith and to help you get back on the path? Are you reading the books to believe or to find flaw? Our approach when we're having a faith crisis is very very important. It is easy to find flaws in all things here on earth for nothing is perfect here. The Book of Mormon is perfect, but still people find flaws with that. It's not that the Book of Mormon is flawed, but the perception of the people are flawed. We must increase our faith and we must do it now. This is the last gathering. Christ is gathering his chicks like the hen gathers his chicks, her chicks. Christ is gathering us. and this is actively happening this is the ongoing restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the prophet has told us repeatedly in his talks that he's been given um that we need to consecrate our lives now we need to pursue and live after the gospel now we need to be active in the gospel now I know to some that can be scary especially for those who can be quote unquote lazy about their discipleship but I like to keep things basic if I'm getting up every morning and I'm trying and I'm doing and I'm saying my prayers I do my scripture studying I spend time with my husband scripture studying you know I think about the Lord throughout the day I repent quickly and often Um, you know, I continue to just have always a prayer in my heart and my heart is looking up 
I feel like I've done what I can for that day. There are going to be some days that I'm better at this than others. There's going to be some days that I simply don't feel like I have enough faith to do anything that the Lord has asked me. You know, especially in these callings that were given. Oh my gosh, there's no greater way to feel inferior than to be given a calling in Christ's church. I struggle with that all the time. But when I struggle with that, it always comes down to my faith. Am I going to use my faith to accomplish and live up to the assignment that the Lord has seen fit to give me? Not only does he need me, but I need the lessons, the education and the relationships that come from fulfilling that calling. Through our faith, the Lord can bless us and he will work miracles. And it's always about faith. To do anything well requires effort. And we know what the prophet has taught us, that effort brings rewards. Becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ is no exception. Increasing your faith and trusting in Christ takes effort. And we must put this effort in daily. So there were five suggestions that President Nelson gave us to increase our faith and to develop our trust and confidence in the Savior and in Heavenly Father and their power. And the first is always, always, always going to be to study. We must study. We must become an engaged learner. We need to immerse ourselves in the scriptures and the talks and our patriarchal blessing. Um, I even immerse myself in podcasts. Come follow me podcasts. There's so many LDS podcasts out there now. It's just, it's so easy to immerse yourself and to keep yourself surrounded by the gospel. I think too, is that we need to internalize the truth that the atonement of Jesus Christ has given us and apply it to ourselves individually. Oftentimes when we think about the atonement, we think about it, how it's for everybody. And so sometimes I know for myself, I can downplay how the atonement actually applies to me personally. So as I've moved on in my discipleship and the the years have ticked on, I've really started to realize that the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I need to personalize. And the atonement is so important that we apply it to ourselves individually and that we understand that he took upon himself your misery, your mistakes and your weakness, even your sins, and that he paid the compensatory price and provided the power for you to move every mountain that you'll ever need to face, that you obtain that power with your faith, trust, and willingness to follow him. Do you have enough faith to trust him and his timing and his will? I think when I stumble is usually when I am trying to exercise so much control and I'm leaning to my own understanding. And that's when I start stumbling everywhere. I always have to remember and remind myself, and I have to be very proactive about this, that um, Christ knows better than I do, and I can rely on Him. You know what I do personally as I'm a very visual person, so I just see it as my problem. I put it into a box. I wrap it up 
put a pretty bow on it, and I pass it off to Jesus Christ. He opens it. He does whatever he needs to do with it. And then as he sees fit, he will either take care of it or he passes it back to me. And it's going to be passed back to me in a manner and a way that I can take care of it because he knows what I'm capable of, even if it stretches me beyond what I feel I can or cannot do. Do I have enough faith to trust the Savior when he passes back that trial or that hardship to see it through? I'd like to say yes, I'm not perfect at it. But another testimony I gained this week is that Father in Christ, their work is done here on earth by imperfect people. And I, I keep asking myself, especially as we're doing Doctrine and Covenants um, and we're studying that this year and come follow me. <sighs> How can I have enough faith to let it work miracles in my life? And when I study out the character and then come to understand who Christ is, um, which I've done, and I, you know, that book, um, there's a book out that's, uh, oh my gosh, it's really hard to read. Um, I think it's called Jesus the Christ. And I know that there are people that have read it and had to use the dictionary to understand some of the words and the verbiage in there. Um, I don't like to do that. I just want to read it and have the spirit help me to understand. I got to maybe chapter 22 because that is a very difficult book to read, but I believe what the author said. And that is, is that he composed this book, um, from what I understand under the, Uh, inspiration of Christ to do so and when he was done he presented it to Christ for his approval and Christ gave his approval and so I believe that so as I was reading it I really came to understand and know Christ on a more personal level Um, it was as if he and I were sitting together and he was teaching me about himself who he is and all of his majesty And because of that, it's easier for me to be able to trust him and to allow him to take control of my life. And so that's why studying is so very important. Miracles come according to our faith in the Lord. Central to that faith is trusting his will and timetable. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to choose to believe. We need to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. So if you have doubts about God, or Christ, or even the validity of the restoration? Or how about Joseph Smith? If you have questions about him and his divine calling to be the chosen prophet to restore the gospel here, stay faithful. Take your questions to the Lord. Look in other faithful sources and study it out with the desire to believe. Don't study it out with the desire to find flaws and errors and mistakes. Because that's where you're going to go and you're going to lose faith. Study it out with a desire to believe. And as you do so, your faith will grow. And it may come in time or it may come immediately. It may come, you know, a little here, a little there. Just stick with it because this is a lifelong journey. 
The third thing the president encourages us to do is to act in faith. Action is huge. You know, we believe in our church that um, faith requires works. And our works are a reflection of our faith. Um, We need to write about our faith. We need to share our faith. We need to uh, be intentional about our faith and opening up about our faith and telling people about who we are, what we do, and how we live. Um, We can receive more faith by doing something that requires more faith. Isn't it beautiful? It's just utterly perfect. And the fourth thing that we can do per President Nelson is to partake of our sacred ordinances worthily. These ordinances, and I truly believe this, unlock the power of God in our lives. And that includes the sacrament. Sacrament for me is huge. You know, going to the temple, what an absolute blessing and pleasure to my life uh, to have that education. And I still have so much to learn. Um, And that's what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's no ceiling. We can continue to grow and acquire enlightenment and knowledge uh, wherever we're at. And I'm grateful for this testimony and this to know this for surety within my heart. Um, Ask God what to do to help your faith grow. Go to the source. You know, the power of prayer. Ask him, what do you need to do to help your faith grow? Um, Faith takes a lot of work. And that is the fifth thing is to ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ for help. Um, Receiving revelation takes work. But everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open. For God knows what will help your faith grow. Ask, and then ask again. A non-believer might say that faith is for the weak, but this assertion overlooks the power of faith. And this is the president's words. Would the Savior's apostles have continued to teach his doctrine after his death at the peril of their lives if they had doubted him? Would Joseph and Hiram Smith have suffered martyrs' deaths, defending the restoration of the Lord's church, unless they had a sure witness that it was true? Would nearly 2,000 saints have died along the pioneer trail if they did not have faith that the gospel of Jesus Christ had been restored? Truly, faith is the power that enables the unlikely to accomplish the impossible. The unlikely to accomplish the impossible. He goes on to share a story about, um, he says a couple years ago, him and Sister Nelson, they had visited Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, and Tahiti. Each of those island nations had experienced heavy, heavy rains for days, and members had fasted and prayed that their outdoor meetings would be protected from the rain. In Samoa, Fiji, and Tahiti, just as the meetings began, the rain stopped. But in Tonga, the rain did not stop, yet 13,000 faithful saints came hours early to get a seat, waited patiently through a steady downpour, and then sat through a very wet two-hour meeting. He says, we saw vibrant faith at work among each of those islanders, faith sufficient to stop the rain and faith to preserve, actually persevere when the rain didn't stop. The mountains in our lives do not always move how or when we would like, 
but our faith will always propel us forward. Faith always increases our access to godly power. Let us remember that, that faith always increases our access to godly power. Thank you so much for joining me once again this week. I hope that um, you have been edified and uplifted and nourished through this episode. I want you to know that I know that this is Christ Church on Earth, that President Nelson is a prophet of the Lord, that it is time for us to start purging and consecrating our lives um, so that we can be ready to approach the throne of Christ. Um, I am grateful for the teachings of the gospel. I'm grateful for the elders and the prophet and all of those who go and stand to testify of Jesus Christ and the beautiful truths that come along in his gospel. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, much love and God bless.